Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I am your host, Special, and on this show, I like to do one of two things. Either I'm highlighting brand new music that's dropped, or I'm sitting down with an artist to break down their latest project. And before we get into this episode, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button. I do have a new podcast feed, so there's all kinds of old episodes, and of course, there's going to be a bunch of new episodes, so please hit that subscribe button and share it with a friend. On this episode, I sit down with C Plus to break down his latest project called Fahrenheit, and we talk about every single track, and we talk about the small details of not having his picture on the album cover to the all caps in the title. We talk about all the producers he worked with. We talk about features like Mr. Fab. We also talk about him finding himself and using his vulnerability in his music to help others other topics include his two-year kind of break strippers painting pictures with his raps and so much more so let's get into it yo what's up world sound like sway and shit (laughs) (laughs) but nah uh i'm c plus aka plus money chilling here with miss special the og he calls me miss special so that means we've known each other for a very long time c plus is here i'm here i'm in the building how you doing uh i'm chilling i'm happy to be here I took a little nap in the car. We'll, we'll get, it's always nice to get out of sight, you know. Well, hour and a half drive away. Good, good stuff. You know we got to talk all about Fahrenheit. Got to get started with the basics. The title Fahrenheit, how'd you come up with that? I had an idea. I knew what time I wanted to put music out. So from when we first started working with the idea of putting a project out, I knew it was probably going to come like beginning of summer. And then that title just kind of came with that. Did you do the all caps on purpose? Yeah, I just think like with typography and stuff and like visual representation, like how you see things like just things being in all caps or bold or whatever font you choose to use. Like I just wanted to kind of stand out. I love that. It's just little attention to detail, like just knowing the subtle nuances. Yeah, just knowing that it's going to stick out. Then, of course, the album artwork. What was the idea behind that? Uh, the album artwork, I'm not sure exactly where the photo was sourced from, but the artwork was, and I feel really bad for not knowing that actually that's something that I need to know, because salute to whoever took that photo. But uh, Todd's Hall did all the art direction for the album, and it's like a picture of like something exploding and being on fire, Then it looks like it was almost on like some like spontaneous combustion, like, you know what I mean? So, and then the image on the back is uh, the same image on the front, just uh, blown up more. But yeah, just things get hot. Did you let him kind of take the lead with that? Did you kind of work with him on it? What was that process like? I knew the style that I wanted him to do the artwork in. One, I was big on, I want this to be, because I've done mixtapes before or like EPs that I wasn't on the cover to, but I was really big on, I don't want to be on the cover. I want it to be like a picture or like a piece of art or something. I don't want to be my picture on the cover of the album. So that was off the rip. And then two is, uh. I sent him a lot of old uh, like Blue Note and like old school like jazz records and stuff from back in the day and told him I wanted to do the artwork somewhere in this type of vein as far as like how we do the layout for the text and everything. So that I'm responsible for. But everything else after that was on him. Super dope. Where do you think that comes from not wanting to be on the album artwork? Making it bore about the music. I mean, it's about me. You're going to get me on the music, but it's not really about me like per se you're gonna see so much of me like in the music videos and when i perform and stuff like that it's kind of like too it it keeps it interesting it keeps it fresh like i feel like this is kind of like almost a resurgence for me as an artist because it's like my first album on empire and my first project in two years so 
I feel like it's a lot of people that's hearing me for the first time now. So it's like you might not even get to see me yet. Like it kind of gives like a mysterious type vibe to it. So I, I like that. You mentioned those two years off. What were those two years off like? I know that there were some good things. There were some bad things. How would you describe those two years? Um, Just like just figuring a lot of stuff out. Just quote unquote finding myself I guess I'm a lot older now I'm a lot more developed in my way of thinking and how I approach things I think and before it's like uh, I think a big thing for me was like responsibility and like time management as far as how it correlates to my career in music versus my regular life and being an adult and just handling my shit and I was like just kind of losing my mind like you know what I'm saying I had a conversation with one of my young partners uh, King Deezy who's another artist from SAC and we were talking about like man it's like you'll go so crazy trying to keep up with rap you know what i'm saying because it's like people expect you to consistently drop content consistently put out music and i don't think people understand what goes into fuck being an artist fuck having to you know get in your zone and catch a vibe and find inspiration that's a whole other bag just the day-to-day politics and logistics and organization of being an artist is stressful as fuck so you mix that with having to be the actual artist, you know what I'm saying, and, and find the inspiration for things with the logistics side of things, with just being a regular adult, having work, fucking relationship, fucking family, car trouble, rent, like, you know what I'm saying, just regular shit people be going through, you know what I'm saying, like, and then don't fuck around and be in the streets and have to deal with shit like that too, like, you know what I'm saying, that adds a whole other element on top of everything, you know what I mean, so... Yeah, it just was a lot going on. I had a lot of death around me, like, for lack of a better way to put it. Dealt with the loss of my grandmother, who I actually have been the caretaker for for the last three to four years. Same week my grandmother died, my grandpa died a couple days before my grandmother. I had one of my coworkers committed suicide. I was, like, one of the last people to talk to him. Like, it's just, it just a lot of real shit going on that had me just, like, nigga, fuck rap. Like, I ain't even focused on music right now. But coping with all that stuff and kind of like doing like some internal self-checking and, and you know what I mean taking inventory of things and, and unpacking as they say in therapy and stuff like that you know got me back in my zone and ready to uh, attack music again I had to like fall back in love with music again and keep in mind like in the last two years it's like I've done music like I've recorded I've dropped videos I've you know what I'm saying I got my deal <laughs> it's crazy because I signed my deal with Empire the same day or the day after my grandmother passed. Like, and I had actually had the contract in my email for like two weeks, but I was dealing with family shit and everything or whatever. So getting ready for her to make her transition and stuff. So I hadn't even like paid it on mine. And then after I dealt with all that, I was like, oh shit, I got to turn this paperwork in. <laughs> Goodness. So I've, I've been, you know, trying to keep my foot in the game and like keep my hat in the ring. But now it's just like, I'm really like fully invested and like all the way back in. The finding yourself thing, it sounds so cliche, but it is a real thing. As you grow up and become an adult and really figure out who you are as a person and deal with all these different things that are going on, like you do need to find yourself. And I think that it's so important that you kind of stepped away from the rap and then eventually came back to it because that's how you know it's genuine and it's who you are and it's part of you. And I got so much respect for cats that, you know, they might not pursue music in the same way that they did at one point in their life or in their career but they still do it just because they got love for it they might have full family i know cats they got state jobs real estate whatever it may be 
and they still record. They got a little setup at the crib where they go book them some little studio time. It's like everyone got their thing. You might pay to go to the golf course, and that might be your, your hobby that you spend money on. Some people go to the studio and make raps. You might be nice as fuck and never make it to the PGA. You might be nice as fuck at rapping and never make it to the industry. You know what I'm saying? But if that's what you love to do and that's how you express yourself and how you relieve your stress, you know what I mean? More power to you. No, I think that's so beautiful. I think that's really the beauty in what 2019 and all this new technology is. is like you could really just be a rapper as a hobby and make crazy dope shit and maybe do a show and maybe not do a show, but be able to get your shit out to people and still, you know, have people fuck with you. Take a break from the weed smoke, uh, but you can still holler at me if you need smoke. Uh, With my eyes wide shut, I still see folks. Uh, With my third eye open, you don't see both. You sleeping uh, on me, uh, blood diamonds in the aunt, trying to keep the reaper off me. Loud voice speaking softly, hear them demons creeping on me, trying to hang me out the dry, and I ain't talking about no laundry. Trying to wash this dirty money, never tell them how we laundry. Uh, Back to the album, the first track, the restoration. You just came in spitting, like just went all the way in how did you know that you didn't even really want to hook on it the beat's like a continuous loop like it has like little fake build-ups and shit like that but it's for the most part like a continuous loop so i didn't really like find a part where there was a hook and it really like when i started writing that verse like i just had rap for so many bars to where it's like oh this shit don't even need nothing else on it like this i kind of ended it on an ender ender note when i ended the verse so i was like man this is i be knowing when joints like if I'm really feeling a joint, like, oh, this, I'm just finna rap, like, 32 or, like, maybe even 64. Like, I ain't even finna put a hook on this shit. Yeah, it was just one of them ones. And then, like, I think, like, all my album intros, for the most part, are kind of... The only one that's not, like, that I don't come off, like, super spitting like that, I think, is the intro to Reynolds. Which I still come and spitting, but just not super high energy, like, turned up like that or whatever. But, like, all the other albums, I think I come in on, like, kind of that type of note. You know what I'm saying? When I did that, like, as soon as we were done, as soon as I walked out the booth, I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. That's more than likely going to be the intro. You know what I'm saying? My manager, our mom, Moody, called it. My business partner, Todd's Hall, called it. As soon as they heard it, everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's the intro for sure. It's hip-hop. It's so hip-hop. Like, those horns, like, it's triumphant. Here I come. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. No, I love that about the album. Like, everything is very hip-hop. And it's so much wordplay. So many just jazzy little parts to the production. It's really gorgeous. That one is produced by Retro Productions. How did you team up with them? Retro Productions is actually one cat. It's uh, my partner, Retro Ray, Radio Ray, who I actually met. We were uh, co-workers at my last gig growing the finest recreational marijuana in Northern California. <laughs> we actually, like, ran in hella similar circles. He knew, like, a lot of the same people in the Bay Area music scene that I knew. He was actually already familiar with my music. When he told me who he was and who he had, like, produced for and, like, what albums he had been on, I'd already heard some of his production before. So it was just natural like that. And he, like, a real deep brother. Like, he one of them dudes, like, you could just listen to and talk for, for, listen to and talk for days. He got so much knowledge about just politics and um just a well of information just about different subjects so uh shout out to my brother retro ray we got a bunch of more shit coming too i love that big facts big facts hey big facts big facts i told my mom i'm gonna change yeah. it i meant that shit
250 band jug Either we all getting rich or someone getting killed This shit'll give your ass the chills You don't know how it feels They trying to glorify it, but it's really horrifying I'm more defiant, they mortifying Boy, my life is real And this my life for real You other niggas play the role Where I'm from, if you cross the bridge You gotta pay the toll Finger roll, easy like That leads us to Change Man Who produced that one? Change Man's produced by my man Tracks FDR Shout out Tracks FDR I have so many good relationships and it's like I remember like each time I meet a producer that I haven't met before, if that makes sense. Like the producer that we just worked through email or, you know, just chopped it up on social media and shit like that. And it's like music is such a crazy thing because every time that I've met a producer that I've done music with, it's like meeting someone that I've already known. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like the... Co- and it'd be like that, like, just meeting people just off social media sometimes, but it's not really like that all the time. Like, it's way different when I meet cats that I've, like, rapped over their beats and, like, we've collaborated on, like, some music before and then when I meet you in the flesh, it's like, oh, shit, like, you know I mean? We finally linking up. It's just dope. It was one of those situations. I just met him recently, but uh, my partner, Pre-Roll G, yeah, my player partner, Pre-Roll, he uh, kind of, like, low-key a and r that whole situation. I think he had actually purchased like a bundle of beats from tracks for his project and was like, yo, I got extra beats for my album that I didn't use. They already paid for like, you might as well fuck with them. And he just sent me a batch of beats and we ended up picking two tracks. I actually used a couple of the beats out the batch he sent me, I think. But yeah, so shout out to my partner pre-roll. Shout out to Tracks FDR. He also did Platinum Plus on the album. We're going to get to that. But I love that you talked about how when you work with these people and you haven't met them yet, when you do meet them, it's even better than, you know, the people that you meet on social media. But it makes sense because what you guys are doing is so much a part of you and it's such a labor of love and it's such just a reflection of yourself. It makes sense that you would already feel like you know them, but I think that that's exactly. such a cool connection. On Change Man, you get kind of autobiographical. Of course, there's parts of that all over this project, but you definitely talk about the cases and all that. And you also kind of play with good change versus bad change. What was the idea behind making that one? It's crazy because like, I'm really, like you said, like it's super autobiographical and like actually kind of personal, but it's really... I just like how I was able to take that and really do it in kind of like a poppy, almost kind of fun. It's aggressive and it's still street and it's still lyrical, but it's kind of like a fun song at the end of the day. Like it's kind of catchy, I think. For me to be able to like talk about the type of shit that I was talking about in that song, it's like I really just sound like I'm popping shit. It really don't really sound like nothing. But if you really listen, it's like, yo, I'm really talking about like some crazy shit. Like the first four bars is like a real situation. And that's why I say after what I said about the 250 band jet, like that's like a scary feeling. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, it's like a quarter million dollars in the room. Like this is either going to go really good or really bad. And then, like, I talk about after that, like, like most people would talk about that and be, like, on some hard shit, like, yeah, nigga, two, nigga quarter mil, woo-dee-woo, like, nah, dog, like, it was a quarter mil in the room and my palms started sweating and shit, dog, like, nah, that ain't, like, y'all trying to glorify it, but it's really horrifying. I'm more defiant, they're mortifying, like, you know what I'm saying, like, these niggas talking about killer shit and all this gangster shit or whatever, talking about like, that's mortifying, I'm more defiant, I go against the grain, like, I'm not gonna tell you some other shit. And like, I just wanted to break that part down or whatever because it's like sometimes I feel like I know what I was thinking when I put some bars together or whatever, but it's like I don't know what the listener caught from that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't know if they fully understood without an explanation. Like, you might get the gist of it, but you might not really, really get what I'm saying. But you know, 
I try not to keep it too real, you know what I'm saying? But I want to, like, bring the listener into my world and, like, really let them know what's going on with me, so. And that's what we're here to do. <laughs> that's, it is. That's literally the premise of this is to break shit down so that when after people listen to it and they can go, oh, okay, that's what he meant. Or what was he thinking when he did that and all that good shit. So sick, need clinic A, activist with the minute made. That's so 2012, sorry, that was my beginner phase. Never started, but I'm finishing. Used to cop case the finish line. Bitch, I'm feeling so she finished fine. Eat your food when I finish mine. Strike like lightning in the nigga time. I remember selling nicks and dimes. Battle cyphers, I was in my prime. I don't write it, I just speak my mind. Y'all don't care about the rap. Sunday to Monday, produced by Chase Moore, who I feel like you've known damn near your whole career. How has that kind of transpired through the years? Chase is like, when I say like my brother, that's like my brother. Like, that's like one of my best friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, he know my mama type shit. And it's crazy to have such a bond with somebody like me and chase didn't have no mutual friends we didn't grow up together or nothing like that we connected on some yo you nice as fuck oh yo you nice as fuck we should do some shit together let's do some shit together oh shit you make beats too oh shit not only do you make beats you know how to mix and record all your own shit too you got your own label like what you got other artists that you're producing their whole projects and mixing and mastering and putting them out on your label and you like the same age as me and i'm fucking rapping in my homie's closet and writing on the fucking blank cd with the sharpie oh man like nah come on bro like what, what i gotta do like put me on like you know what i'm saying show me how this shit work bro like you know what i'm saying and it's been love ever since bro definitely like we the same age and shit like that but like in a lot of ways like chase had a lot of resources and was tapped into a lot of things before i was and definitely like took me under his wing and opened a lot of doors for me and put me on a lot of ways so shout out to my brother chase Moore. we've been working for yeah like a decade we've been working for sure like a decade since like my early late teens early 20s like probably since i was like 19 20 years old so that's my brother yes 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 how did you approach that beat we did a session last time i was in la we did five records in like maybe like an eight hour session that was just some shit like if a beat comes on and i might not have all the words i might catch like one or two phrases or something like that but if i already catch a bop a pocket and like a flow to it it's like hey pull that one up because it's like after that sometimes i know what i want to say or I have like some phrases or like some bars that I know I want to say, and I just gotta figure out how to say them to the beat and like find the flow to put them in. But if I could find the flow before I already have an idea of what I want to talk about and shit like that, everything else is just gonna come way more naturally. It's like the song write themselves. Mm. That's super dope. I love that. Damn. I think I'm doomed to be a player till my old days. Push it old school whips, maybe that seven straight. Salt and pepper low fade with some sick waves. Some clean gold frames, gold teeth full of grays. I ain't ashamed, grab your coat cause it's a cold game. If you win your late 20s, know you feel my pain. Honey, just the great debacle when you want her but she doesn't want a boyfriend and you kind of have to put it out there like okay you don't want a boyfriend but i hope you're not for everybody because i can't do that shit yeah what was it like making that one that's like when i come in on the, the beginning of the song i talk about it like if you in your late 20s i know you feel my pain you get to a point where like it's like bro like i'm tired of running through these girls with nothing to gain there's nothing going on out here like this shit corny i don't have the time i don't have the energy i would much rather just deal with one woman like you know what i'm saying and like a lot of women 
you'll have like a connection with somebody and y'all will have something cool but it's just like they not on the same page with you as where they at in their life you know what i'm saying or a lot of times it don't even be a matter of like somebody wanting to be faithful or not be faithful or, or it's just them being out there too much and being too accessible for everybody and it's just like yo like i don't think anybody wants somebody that's for everybody everybody wants somebody that's just for them you know what i'm saying like if you're gonna put that type of energy and, and effort into something so it's like it's really just coming from a perspective of like dealing with women like but at the same time with all that said being completely respectful and understanding of women being in that space of their life and also letting them know like all right cool that's what you want but as a man you got to respect me just keeping it all the way player with you so if you see me out doing whatever whatever if you see how i'm moving or or I don't want to fuck with you and I choose to cut you off. You can't be in your feelings about it or hate me or be mad at me because it's like that's a result of your behavioral traits and your patterns and shit like that. So, you know, it's just same thing with change man. It's just talking about like a lot of like deeper, like psychological type shit, but just in a fun way. Like, you know what I'm saying? That everybody can relate to. I love that it's respectable and it's also still kind of cute. You could have went totally left and been like, oh, fuck her and all that shit. But it's like, no, you were really like, no, that's my honey. It's cool. We yeah, do like I fuck with you. Like, I'm going to see you out. It's love. You know what I'm saying? I, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like you can't be mad that like I don't fuck with you in a way that you may want me to fuck with you. Because it's like a lot of girls, they'll fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? How they fuck with you. But then see how other people fuck with you and how they treat you. And it'll make them want to, oh, well, shit, like, I was playing him, like, he regular and shit, but now I see him out and, like, all the, there's other girls that are trying to get him attention or, I, or just seeing the respect that you get from, from your peers and shit like that or whatever. They might be on some, like, oh, shit, well, maybe I should try and, like, fuck with him. And it's like, nah, nah, like, keep that same energy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you fuck with me how you fuck with me. I fuck with you how I fuck with you. And it, it is what it is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's real, but it's whack. Like, it's terrible. Goodness yeah, it gracious. is, man. That one produced by Anthrax Beats. How'd you team up with him? Another situation. I, I ain't met Anthrax. <laughs> I've never met Anthrax. Oh, man. Anthrax has been producing projects from, on the last three C-plus albums. Anthrax is on the last three C-plus albums and, and did hella singles for me. A lot of videos. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of my Lucy's and, like, songs that I shot videos for Anthrax produced have never met Brian Person. Just on some slid in my DMs, pause, like, you know what I'm saying? Shot me. And he the type, too, like, I won't even hit, bruh, and say that I'm about to be in the studio or anything. Like, I just look at my email randomly and it's like, oh, this nigga done sent me three beats. Yeah. Oh, shit, I got a beat from Antrax. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'll just be random, just shit in my email from bruh. Like, so he's consistently putting shit out. He's got a dope studio here in the Bay Area. I'm not sure what city. I want to say like Marin or something like that or Pittsburgh, like somewhere in the East Bay or whatever. But uh, he got a dope lab and he makes and all the shit or whatever. Dope producer, you know, hopefully I'll meet him soon. But we just be chopping it up on the Internet tip and he then came through with the pack every time. So consistent and just knowing cosmically and through the universe, like, OK, it's time and just sending you shit. And you're like, oh, perfect. For sure. Now all of a sudden she a fan of me again. I'm a hot boy. Better put the fan on me again. Drop the top boy. Been a lot with the toys, the way I bop to the noise, might be never seen again. Slip a bill to the bouncer just to sneak the glizzy in. Tired like a mission. Show out, produced by Cisco Wave. Tell the people about Cisco Wave. Cisco Wave is like 
the sleeping giant or some shit. You know how like big dudes be like super like, you know what I mean? Kind of give you that vibe like, oh shit, don't don't talk to that nigga. You don't fuck with that nigga. But he a fucking teddy bear. He nice as hell. But he just super quiet and humble, but he's a fucking beast, man. And shout out to Cisco too, because he actually mastered the whole album and did all the final touch-ups on the mixes and shit. He just fire producer, super versatile. He's actually got like a couple like bigger industry placements and shit like that on the low. I don't want to like drop the names and they be the wrong names or whatever, but yeah, shout out Cisco. We actually got something in the works. We got like a whole thing cooking right now. I'm pulling up on him at least like once or twice every month. We locking in for like eight hours and just going through crazy different vibes and different records and shit like that. And it's been fun cooking up with dude. And I love show out because. It's real. As we get a little bit older, we just don't want to go out anymore. And then when we do, just hilarity ensues. It's just a lot of shenanigans. But I love that you were honest about it. And I love the storytelling behind it. I think the storytelling in this project kind of evolves throughout the project. What was it like making that one? That was another one where, like, the shit just started coming to me out the blue. I already know where I'm going with this one. We in, we in the strip club with this. And it was on some, like, when I think of Show Out and, like, how I was rapping the verses on Show Out, like, how you watch the opening scene to Belly, mm-hmm. I feel like I want the verses to paint a picture like that of, like, me not wanting to go to the club, getting drugged to the club, <laughs> fucking tipping the security for the homie to sneak a gun in because, you know, shit be crazy. Yeah. And fucking the fight breaking out, but them not knowing that we're actually cool with all the bouncers and, and all the bartenders. And you, you're basically about to get jumped by the, the security and we're not finna even touch you. Like, And in the midst of all that, me sneaking out the back door and, and fucking calling an Uber and going home and being mad I even came out in the first place. Like... And then, like, in the second verse, you're just talking about, I think everybody's falling in love in the club for about five minutes. You know what I'm saying? You see that one person that's just like, oh, man, that's the move right there. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and then in the strip club, it'd be different because it's like. That's the I don't, job. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I don't tip. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I'm not finna. You, nope, you don't got to give me the dance. I'm going to post up in the corner. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not even, I'm not going to take the chair because I know you need the chair for somebody that's going to actually get a lap dance. Nine times out of ten, my niggas don't already bought a section and shit. So I'll probably be over there with them. I'm not finna be standing all in their booth or whatever. I'm going to be standing off to the side by myself, yeah. enjoying my, you know what I mean? Chilling. Yeah. Don't bother me. I just came treated to watch. Like, yeah, you're treated like a show. Yeah, I paid to get in, yeah. paid my money to hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Leave me alone. Don't take my money. <laughs> nah, but the thing with that is I respect, you know what I mean, strippers doing their thing and working girls and all that shit or whatever. But with me, it's like we're from Northern California and it's like it's a real strong pimp culture and stuff like that. And a lot of my partners like participate in that, you know what I'm saying? So it's like I can't justify giving you some money so then you could take it and give it to my mans. I know most of the peas in here. I can't vibe with that, you know what I'm saying? So my experiences in the strip club be different. But, yeah, I'll just be in there, you know what I mean, chopping game with them, you know what I mean, low-key flirting. I think they catch the vibe off rip, like, not giving you no money and shit, but I'm cooling, what's up with you, like, you know what I mean? Like, and strippers be cool as hell, man. Like, and sometimes you catch a vibe with one and be like, ah, oh, shit, this is, <laughs> I don't know, you, you ain't even... You don't even my cup of tea, but I'm kind of thirsty right now. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> but that Northern California shit is real. Like, I feel like we learned that almost ridiculously young. I learned that in high school. Yeah. One of the homies seen me with a chick and was like, bro, you know what she be doing after school, right? I'm like, what she mean? Oh, no. Nah. Like, whoa, whoa, nah. Like, that happens? That's a thing? Yep. 
And then she like, what? She give the money to somebody? What? Oh, no. Like, it just kind of like turn your mind out. It's different. But yeah, shout out to the strip club. Strip club can be fun if you do it right. Shout out to all those girls. God bless them. I hope you find what mm-hmm. you're looking for. And, you know, more power to them. I couldn't do yeah. it, so somebody's got to do it. You know? Shout out to the strippers with goals. They got, like, an end game. <laughs> that don't just think they finna be pretty forever and be able to consistently make money off their body. Please. We need everybody to have an end game. You should learn from strippers and be like, oh, okay, that's how they Shout do out it. To what an am end I going to do? Yep, just have an end game. That's all. Then we get to my favorite, Two Left. Brought to you by... Tennessee and backwoods. I need to cut the check, by the way. Uh. I told Chase, don't add no drum like a gun with a stock clip. Uh. My cousin's boogie on that black shit. Hold your breath when counting blue faces. Face to face with races. Niggas in suits. So, left was your favorite? It's my favorite. Okay, tell me why. The storytelling is so cool. Like the two different verses and how they both end up with two left. I think that's super cool. Just the little like ad libs about you getting home and not washing your face. I just think that we can all relate to that in some way or another. You're going to have two left at some point, whether it's condoms, backwoods, whatever. There's going to be two left. Definitely. What was it like making that one? That was in the same session with Chase that we did Sunday to Monday or Monday to Sunday or whatever. And he played about three beats, but he had already kind of seen where I was going with two left when he played it. And after, like, the fourth or fifth beat he played, he was like, hey, I'm going to be honest, bro. That first one I played, just the sample loop, he's like, you should just kick that off. And that's another thing that just comes with working with somebody for so long. I think he was on the same page. He's like, we finna do hella different vibes in this session. But let's set it off with the rap shit. Let's set the tone with, like, some real hip-hop shit. And then we'll do some, maybe some poppy or some singing R&B or whatever, wherever we finna do. But, like, let's set it off with some rap shit. And then he kind of just knew that without me even having to say it. So he pulled that up. And that was another one. Like, I wrote both them verses in maybe, like, 30 minutes. Fucking, I try to be as versatile as possible. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm really, like, a soul sample baby and, like, a hip-hop head or backpacker or whatever you want to call it. That's, like my pocket my lane it's like just super easy for me to do that and uh something that a lot of my partners and people that like i respect in the music industry have been kind of in my ear about is that like it's amazing that you're versatile like you know what i'm saying that's a talent it's a blessing or whatever but you can always do what everybody else is doing because you can adapt and adjust your flow and, and how you come on the track but not everybody else can jump in that type of lane and do a two left. You know what I'm saying? You can always dumb your shit down for different audiences, but a dumb nigga can't smarten their shit up. You got to take advantage of that. So that's kind of like I've been moving with that approach to music lately or whatever. And it's like I feel like people are going to hear it in the next couple of projects or whatever, me just kind of returning to being more of a, not a backpack or conscious rapper or anything like that, but just as far as like the beat selection and how I approach the songwriting and stuff like that or whatever, just getting back in more of that that pocket that I first kind of came out on, like from my early mixtape days, like, you know what I'm saying, the blog era and shit, like Two Dope Boys and all Smash and all that type shit. And then I think like the Two Left shit is like I've been just on that hype you know what i mean listening to like a lot of different shit like that like i feel like the descriptiveness of that like when you talk about cast that really paint pictures with words and stuff like that 
you listen to like an Action Bronson song or something or whatever and you feel like you was reading a comic book or some shit. Same with like if you listen to Rock Marciano, you feel like you just watched a 70s black exploitation film. You know what I'm saying? You listen to a West Side Gun verse and you feel like you just watched New Jack City or some shit. You know what I mean? So seeing what other niggas is doing, you know what I'm saying? And sitting back and being like, all right, cool. I peeped that. I know what time it is. <laughs> now you could definitely see it. It's so, so cool. Yeah. General synapses is generally I'm snapping a general in the mansion with ratchets inside the cabinet while sticking dick in the actress. Oscar and Emmy nominated, used to boss the people around, she wanna be dominated. Gotta flush the Trojan myself, bitches be kind of saving, self impregnating for the way you left the bed shaking. 3D printers produced by Brian Lentz. Introduce the people to him. Be Lentz, motherfuckers, take a hint. Yeah, that's my boys, man. Shout out to whole Candyland, man. That just came from, I went to Candyland one day to do an episode of their series. And afterwards, it was like, yo, like, what's up? Let's cook up. Let's do some records and shit. And uh, we did that record. We did another record, me and Harris, that day, too. Harris is a phenomenal artist. Super dope with the wordplay. I feel like what they do, him and Brian, like, in, in Zero with the visuals and what they whole camp got, like, a real unique aesthetic that I'm highly in support of. But yeah, it was just cool, just chilling, just working on music with the homies, and we came up with that record, and it was just on some super, like, just bars. Sometimes you just got to give them just straight bars like that, and that was, like, a little bit like I was talking about before, just being descriptive, trying to paint a picture for people. Like, I want you to think about everything I'm saying. I want every word to put an image in your head. And I think about, like, my favorite records and how they would paint pictures for you, so I want to just do that. I want to make a picture so vivid with my words you could frame it and hang it up on your wall so that was just me trying to do a little bit of that and then Harris came in with the same type of energy and just took the record to another level but uh I'm excited for people to hear what else we got cooking because like we got another record and we got some other shit that we working on or whatever so shout out to Candyland they're killing shit yeah they fire it's so dope I love it which came first the 3d printers bar or the title 3d printers the bar so the original title of the song was actually the name of the sample. Mm. And so we didn't want to get flagged and shit. We didn't want to call it the name of the sample. So that they tried to 3D print what we invented line that Harris said in his verse hella stood out to me. So I was like, fuck it, let's just name it 3D printers. So good. Seems like I'm striking up the nerves of nerve from Federal Reserve. Must be disturbed, perturbed. What a urge. The nerve of these imbeciles. The purges from in the soul. Secret of the ooze blowing turtle. It was in the glow. The color was like indigo. The mastery is in the flow. Satan's son born hot, so I survived in the cold. Underground like splinter house. Avoiding all the strutters, cheese, and photos with strangers informants trying to get us. Wake up. The man Mr. Fab. Goodness, how'd you get him on the track? Man, that's not even that's not even Mr. Fab on that song. That is, <laughs> yes. that is Stanley from North Oakland rapping in the hallway cipher yes. on, on that album. He found his backpack and uh, there was there must have been a backpack inside of the backpack yes. with a in, that he found. But that's what we love about him too. He has that versatility that you have to where if you catch him on a good day, he's gonna fucking rap. And it's amazing. 
and I've heard him do just that like multiple times but it's just like for him to do that for me like that was just like come on salute bro like we've been meaning to get on some shit because i know fat for like maybe like cool like five years just on the humbug just brushing shoulders in the industry and us having mutual friends and that whole shit came about like he was on facetime with the homie and see me in the background he was in the booth while he was on facetime I was like plus what's up you got a record for me send me something and I didn't even have nothing particular with him in mind, but I just sent him a beat, like actually Antrax. So like, I just had a pack from Antrax. I was like, I hear Fab on this, he, he killed this, you know what I'm saying? I knew I wanted to get him on some hip hop shit, yes. but I didn't know he was gonna take it there. Yes. I feel like that's like a renegade, Jay-Z and Eminem. It's like Jay-Z had amazing verses on Renegade, mm -hmm. But Eminem dusted that nigga You know what I'm saying So it's like I feel like that Like I had a great verse On Wake Up And I did the hook But that nigga Dusted me <laughs> Did you send it to him With your verse already on it? No I sent him the beat I did my verse after I was on some like I already knew What kind of cadence And where I was going With the record And I was like I kind of had the same approach That what Big Sean said About uh, Control with Kendrick He's like Bro, I sent the record With my verse already on it I'm not finna change my shit just because you came crazy on the shit. And that's what I thought was hard and what I wanted to do with the record. And you came iller than me and it is what it is. So even after the fact that I heard his verse, I already knew what I wanted to do with my verse and what I was going to say and stuff like that. So I was like, I ain't finna change this shit up just because he came super lyrical or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? I actually kind of wanted to like not come as lyrical or not rap as fast or put so many like three syllable words in my verse or whatever just to make it to balance it out almost you know what i'm saying or have like more space between my punctuation because that's a different thing when rappers can consistently give you bars throughout a verse without rapping fast if that makes sense mm -hmm. there's like very little room in between any of the words for that he's saying in his verse but he's not rapping fast mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah. he's just fitting hella words like in there like you know what i'm saying he's gonna make you catch that shit yes and he's first on that track right yeah it was just like oh you bodied him put you first type shit Nah, like just now it was another thing too. A lot of times I know for a newer artist or like record labels will tell you or record producers or whoever will tell you like, yo, if you got the big name feature, you got to put that person last because a lot of people are just going to listen to the feature and then they're going to turn the song off after that. They might not be listening to the song for you. They just listening for the big name feature. So that was almost on some to spite that shit. Like, nah. Fab sent me the verse first. I rapped after him. We ain't finna move it around and shit like that. Fuck that. That nigga rapped first on the song. It almost feels like a respect thing, too. Really respecting yeah. him for everything that he's done. Respecting him for coming the way he did on that track. It really feels like a nod of respect. So it's Yeah, for sure. That's one of my OGs, for sure. Rapping, bruh. I really send them things out after I rap them up. So go and tell them other niggas it's a rap for them. I don't wanna hang out, don't wanna rap with them. I seen day ones, I started with that the jump. Switch on me when they seen that cash stacking up. Platinum Plus, another one produced by Tracks FDR. How did you approach that one? Uh, That was just another one of those ones where it's like, I actually wrote that song. Like, And, and people that know me, like, I don't write a lot of songs. That was one of the ones I put, I had that beat on and I like wrote the verse in my phone or whatever as soon as I heard the beat. And uh, I just caught that, that cadence of the hook and everything. And that hook just came to me or whatever. I actually originally had Lil Pete or somebody in mind for the hook. But then it's like, for what I was saying, it's just like, I was saying Platinum Plus in the hook like that. Like, I don't want another nigga to say Platinum Plus. Like, I'm going to sing it myself. Fuck it. I kind of sung it as a reference. And then it's like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to just sing it myself. Because the original version, it has a little harmony in the hook, but it really doesn't. Like, it's kind of just more me rapping 
with that cadence you know what i'm saying but it was like fuck it let's try it with the harmonies or whatever and we were able to get mixed right to where it sounded cool enough for me singing on the hook but like yeah just i'm a fan at any time i'm able or any other artist is able to to take a cadence and write it throughout the whole beat with the same flow or whatever without it getting boring mm-hmm. and that was something that i got from i am sue when we did a record i just came in rapping like you know what i'm saying just bars He's like nah like you should rap your verse with the same cadence that we have in the hook so it's just the whole vibe the whole way through and if he wouldn't have told me that like i have bars too like, i'm in the studio with niggas like i'm trying to like all right i'm about to dust everybody like i'm finna come hella hard on this shit but like it was more so like nah, nah, nah i just fix your shit fit the vibe you know what i'm saying so it's like with that said being able to do that but also like say some shit and have some real content in there and say some heartfelt shit that makes it that much better when you can keep a melody or be consistent like that a lot of parts of it from the songwriting to the content all of that is very vulnerable did you kind of tap into that or did it kind of happen what role did the vulnerability play in that track all right so it's like you know how like this generation like millennials whenever they get mad they don't think about things and they just instantly just go on twitter right Mm I have to curve myself from doing that and I'm grown you know what I'm saying so I already know for the youngins like it's way worse you know what I'm saying you just want to spill all your guts out and pour all your heart out and your feelings and anything on social media but my boy had told me he's like man sometimes you be saying like some real profound deep personal stuff on Twitter he's like you gotta rap like you tweet I feel like that vulnerability and people leaving that door open for people to come into your life and bringing them into your world, like, I feel like that's what separates artists from that are like a flash in the pan or people that are going to have a legacy. So it's like that's something I'm realizing not late in my career. I feel, I feel like I've always done joints here and there or whatever, but it's not like I've never done a single where I talk about the stuff that I talked about on Change Man. I've never done a single where I talk about the stuff that I talk about on Platinum Plus or shot a video for a record like that. So we done album cuts and shit like that. But just like I said in the verse, like I put my pain on display. I ain't hiding my scars. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm here for the people to see that shit because like you might not think about all the stuff that I've been through or whatever when you see me because I don't look like what I've been through. So you would only know that if you hear the music and if I'm not putting that on front street for the people to grasp then that's on me you know what i'm saying it's just a missed opportunity you know to gain a supporter and shit like that you know what i mean or, you know the shit could potentially save somebody else's life or like help them out you know what i'm saying or get them through a bad day or a breakup or losing a loved one or whatever it is so it's like who am i to like not do that you know what i mean that's fucked up if i got something that could help somebody else and i'm not doing it <laughs> that's corny But I think it's such a cool trajectory of growth for you, too. Like you said, it might feel like it took you a while to get there. But I think as people who are fans of you listen to your whole body of work really growing with us. Like, I think that that's a dope thing, too. Facts. I appreciate that. Thank you. No problem. I bet your baby mama know that I'm a joint, uh I smoke backwards and joints, uh I'm in the game scoring points, uh Talk glocks, not high points, uh My gold chain, 14 carry And then the last one, been that Who produced that, oh my god, the TLC sample? Man, Illicism produced that beat 
it's all coming back to me. I remember you talking about that. Illicism. What was it like working with him? Goodness gracious. I think he's staying in the DMV now. He's staying uh, in Maryland. So he, he's been sending me beats. You know, we go back and forth on the internet and shit. It's crazy because it's like I've known Illicism for like maybe about the same time I've known uh, like Chasing him, probably about 10 years. We both watched each other go through a lot of different stuff. A lot of trials and tribulations, not only in the music industry and in pursuit of tracing our dreams as, as rap artists and shit like that, but also just as men and just in life and, and going through personal stuff and shit like that. So it's, it's dope to 10 years later down the line. Like, Illusum was on my first album. We got maybe like five or six records total together over the 10 years that we've known each other. But like, it's just dope to now as like grown ass men to like be able to still connect and, and come together and work on some shit and everything. But he been sending me fire fire emails full of fire so yeah we got some more shit coming me and d-rec working on something right now so you produce a crazy ass record on, on that project but yeah i like how you flipped it too the the tlc sample that's one of the ones where it's just like i feel like a lot of people are just off the dribble going oh that's creep you know what i'm saying but then i feel like there's also that small percentage of people that are gonna hear that and just how he chopped it like what what is that i <laughs> I know, I know that. Where, where have I heard that before, <laughs> honey? Where, what is that? The no, that beat. Like it's a, it's a. What do they call it when they take another beat and 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 make a new beat with it? Yes. A sample. It's a sample of a. Uh, yes. It's gonna be one of those for a couple people. Yes. So, that record is like I'm just popping shit. Yes. Like I'm just popping. Sh that was just fun. And then I get fake serious for like the last four bars of the second verse. Like I talk about, cause you know it's so crazy. Just and there's another thing. Like that's why I like doing shit like this, cause you can give people insight. When I rapped it grammatically, saying why is black trauma every time the channel on, mm -hmm. isn't grammatically correct. But for what I was saying was, why is it black trauma every time the channel's on? In the reference of the channel being the black channel BET mm. because we were watching BET and they were doing like some documentary special that was like about like all the police shootings of black people and shit and I'm like I'm making this happy ass song we just sipping Hennessy smoking weed having a good time me and the homies and shit and I just look up on TV and it's the police killing a black man and then I realized whatever we've been watching has been on it's like a, a fucking marathon of the shit and it's been on for fucking two hours and i'm just like yo why is it black trauma every time the black people's channel like why are they showing this type of content on the black channel that's supposed to be representing us and uplifting us you know what i'm saying so i was just like yo why is it black trauma every time the channel's on but that's always fun and i was popping shit and then yeah but there's so many levels to that too though because when i heard it i'm thinking about the news and it's you yeah, know what period. i mean like just it's the it's, channel whatever channel it's on you know a bunch of saying? channels but it's even crazier that it's on bet because black people already know it exists crazier shit happened than the police killing black people my tweak is why they don't ever show it when it's anybody but black people you can't tell me there's not some underlying socially loaded reason why they don't do that that's oppression in its finest form keep pumping out that wild shit for people to not want to strive they plug for that shit into your subconscious yeah but yeah, yeah illicism produced that joint he worked he got some other shit that, that he produced for me i'm gonna have him rap on some shit for show hey. so it's so good north 
<laughs> Anything else you want to tell the people about Fahrenheit? Uh, nothing that, that is out. Also, you know, if people aren't aware, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me right now. But are artists going platinum streaming? They only make about what is it like twenty five thousand dollars for, for going platinum? Yeah. So this is what I've been telling people is in regards to not only my album but just artists and artistry in general because these are tough times in the music biz. If you support dope hip hop, stream my album, listen to it. If you support me, buy my album because I get eighty percent of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Twenty goes to the label, but that's how I look at shit right now. You know what I mean? That's like where the music industry is at. You see all these niggas panicking. Niggas is popped and panicking right now, trying to worry about who got the number one album and everyone trying to sell bundles and shit. Hey, this is a million dollar idea right now. Watch. Don't get mad when one of these female artists sell a bundle, bundle. Like I dropped the mic when I said that. <laughs> Don't get mad. Meg the Stallion, Nicki Minaj, one of them. Come on, holla at me for the marketing concept. We trademarking it right here. Yep. We got the timestamp on it and everything. I, I came with it first. The bundle, bundle. They gonna sell hair extensions and shit, and you buy the hair extensions, and it counts as one album sale mm-hmm. on the Billboard charts. Hot girl hair. I love that. Yeah, but Fahrenheit on all your DSPs, your digital streaming platforms. Go run them numbers up. Go watch the videos. More fly shit coming soon. Fahrenheit Part 2 coming soon. And I love that you broke it down, too, because different people are worried about different numbers. Some people are very worried about streaming numbers and looking good on streaming sites. But the people who really care about this stuff really want you to buy the album. I'm worried about my monetized tangibility. Mm -hmm. I'm worried about my character and how that translates to the numbers and how that translates to my fan base and demographic making the decision whether or not to spend money with me it's a direct person to consumer how i treat rap is like the dude that has the farm and jars all the shit up himself and makes all the labels for everything and goes to the farmer's market every saturday and sells his own shit yes i mean that's me i'm farmer plus right now so (laughs) that's more so what i'm worried about like the direct monetization of the tangibility of me as a person and how we can capitalize on that and build a platform based on that and expand on that as opposed to just seeing how like we could just do like oh let's play the numbers game let's check the analytics let's see how many streams you got let's see how many views you got you know what i'm saying because at the end of the day like i said you could go platinum and they're gonna give you 25 racks i don't niggas that they bitch have a good night in the club they might get 25 racks or if they fucking go hit for some peas they're gonna get 25 racks so it's like what what's that that's what niggas getting platinum i came up in the era of niggas going platinum that's a big ass fucking check yeah. For you to go platinum, that means somebody had to go to the store and spend thirteen ninety nine with you a million fucking times. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like they done played the whole game out. That trap dead. Niggas don't sell crack no more. That's how I look at selling rap music. Niggas don't sell crack no more. You know what I'm saying? You better go get your merch game up. That's crystal meth. You better go get your show game up. That's lean. You better go get your brand ambassadorship and your placement money up. You know what I'm saying? That's the prescription pills. You know what I'm saying? It's different shit that's getting sold now. Niggas don't sell crack no more. That's what rap is. So You even described it as it's really a connection. People are connecting to the music and you're making it even better on top of that by connecting with them. You're creating this and giving it straight to them and now it's a monetization connection. So it's the best of both worlds. And it's like I want you to feel good about that shit too. I want you to want to come back and spend with me. Because back in the day, it's like the nigga that was stand. 
you know, you might have to go cop from somebody or whatever, but you like, man, I'd much rather go deal with this nigga because it's a way more pleasurable experience, mm -hmm. but this dude got better product, so I have to deal with him. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to make it so it's like, not only do I have the best product, but you have a pleasurable consumer experience as well. Just knowing that is so important. Everybody take notes. C+, plus, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Miss Special. No problem. And thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on and share it with a friend. That's the best way that podcast gets other people is just by word of mouth. So I really appreciate it. As always, reach out to me. Let me know what your favorite part was or just say hi. I'm on Twitter at Special Says and on Instagram, it's at Special Says as well. Thank you again for listening. And as always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence. Thank <laughs> you.